If you have your Bible, I want to invite you to open it with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. And while you're making your way there, and I'm making my way there, I want to give you two reasons that I'm super excited on this Sunday morning. The first reason is because we have our ABC uh, Connect membership lunch. So that is not to be uh, confused with at the end of the month, we're gonna have to work on our language a little bit. At the end of the month on the 27th, we have an ABC Connect meal and that is where the whole church body will go and we will fellowship together and we will, Lord willing, connect over some really good food. Uh, so that's coming up on the 27th. But today we have a membership lunch. And so the, the process is for those who are desiring to uh, join the membership of Alberta Baptist Church and serve in the body here. Uh, they, there, there are several different ways that contact may be made, but we have a lunch that takes place and we, we need to do it probably more often than we have been. But, uh, but we have a, this afternoon, we're gonna have lunch together and discuss what membership looks like and what connecting to Alberta Baptist looks like and all of the questions that go along with that. And uh, just really excited to say we have 20 people uh, going through that today. And so, so, after, uh, so after this, we'll go. And, and if you have signed up for that and you're a part, just know that when our time up here is over, you'll just make your way to the cafe. And if you don't know where the cafe is, you can ask somebody and I'm sure they'll direct you that way. But I've got us some urban cookhouse and it's gonna be good, okay? And so, so we're gonna do that. But that is so, 20 people uh, today. I, and I, I think that is worthy of celebrating, okay? And so, yeah, let's do that. Another reason why I'm really excited is that today is a vision casting day, okay? And I, I love that kind of thing. I love, I love casting some vision. I love new years. I love kind of fresh starts. I love getting in front of people and, you know, and talk about the big picture. Uh, if you know me well, you know I stink at some of the little picture stuff. And so we've got to work on that. But I love talking about the big picture. And in the case of today, what we're going to discuss and what's gonna really start off our time uh, for this year leading into kind of where we're going for this semester is, is we wanna talk about the attitude of Jesus, the mindset of Jesus, how Jesus thinks and how Jesus behaves. And we desire to lean into that, to submit to that in such a way that our attitudes our mindsets and our behaviors look like Christ. And so that would be what I would call a culture shift. It's not necessarily a change in what we know. It's gonna be a change in the way we submit to what we know and to who we know. Namely, that being Christ. Having his mind, it's not just knowing how he thinks, but it's leaning him in, into him in such a way that the way he thinks becomes the way that we think. Amen. And so today I wanna to talk to you just for just a few minutes about a culture change because that's the kind of thing that we're pushing for today. That, that's what we want God to do from his word in us. And it's not just a, hey, we're gonna read about this on Sunday morning and, and we won't have to revisit it again. 
the text that we're looking at today is just a beautiful verse. In fact, Philippians 2, part of the, the passage that we're gonna read today was more than likely sung by the early church. And so something they were constantly putting before themselves. And it's something that we can constantly put before ourselves. And so the thing that we're gonna plot, we're gonna go verse by is for God's word to be spoken into our hearts. So I'm, I'm gonna read it. We're gonna plot, we're gonna go verse by verse through, through this. And we're gonna believe that God has the power through his spirit to take the mindset of Jesus Christ and make it the mindset of Alberta Baptist Church. And so that's where we're going. Now, if I ask you what is culture and why is that important, I'll give you a definition that I found that I thought was uh, really good. What is culture? Culture is the way of life of a particular people. It especially is shown in their ordinary behaviors and their habits, their attitudes towards each other and their moral and their religious beliefs. So what builds culture? I'm glad you asked that. It's a good question. What, what builds culture? It's when our values, it's when our theology, it's when our doctrine, it's when what we are believing changes the way that we live consistently. So to the point that our normal behaviors line up to what we believe, that's a culture change. The text that we're gonna to read today, I'm gonna to go ahead and say, I bet you will not find a church that says, yeah, it, it, that's the mind of Christ. We're not really, we're not worried about that. You know, we're not trying to have the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ. I would, I would go ahead and say, I, I bet at least the leadership that I know in the church, in the Christians that I know more than likely desire to live and think and be like Christ. There's an issue though, and it's that we can't just want that. We can't just be like, that's cute or write it on our wall. We can't just write our values on the wall and think that that makes its way into our heart. What we have to do is actually submit to Jesus, to his kingship. So we've been talking about him as king. Jesus Christ is king. And this semester, we're gonna be talking about his kingdom. And when we say kingdom, it's not just a place. And there is his kingdom coming and his future kingdom. We'll talk about that a good bit this semester. But when we talk about Jesus and his kingdom, what we're ultimately talking about is Jesus and his rule and his reign. What it looks like to be under the leadership of Jesus Christ. The loving rule of Jesus. And so it's not just writing it on the wall. We could do that. But it's actually leaning in and submitting to Christ in such a way that we submit and love one another. And it becomes culture here. It's normal. We're known for the attitude of Christ. So I want you to uh, join me there in Philippians 2. I'm gonna pray for us and then, and then we'll get into the text. Father, I, I ask that you would, that you would draw us all so close. Lord, we believe that you're here. Your word says, Lord, that you, you don't draw near to the theologically correct. You don't draw near to the well-versed, that you draw near to the humble. You're close to the humble. You're near to the humble. Lord, we humble ourselves before you and your word today. We ask you, Lord, will you teach us? Will you open up our eyes to see? Will you open up our ears to hear? 
We want to be more like Christ. We want to care about what Christ cares about. We want to think about what Christ thinks about. But we want to live in the freedom of Christ. We want to live in the joy of Christ. So God, we pray for that today. Help us to lean into you. Spirit, work within us to open us up to your truth. Today, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Join me there in Philippians chapter two. We're gonna look in verse one. This is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. And there's a whole lot that we could say about the church in Philippi. And and I don't wanna give a negative view of them because what a wonderful uh, faith family that was. But part of what Paul is doing in the letter is he's writing to a people who they did have some difficulty with division. They did have some differences that they were struggling with that was dividing them as a church. And so what Paul does is he's gonna write to this body. And as he writes to this body, it's so crazy that 2000 years later, the Lord can use this letter to the church of Philippi to speak to our hearts and to our church body who for the 20 of you who are coming and saying, we desire to join the membership here. I just want you to know, we are a grace drenched community. We're not a perfect community. So if you've been here just the last couple of weeks and you, you, know, you may be like, man, KJ was awesome. And now you're like, who is this dude? Okay, uh, I like Drew, but what is this guy? Um, hello, I'm one of the pastors. My name's Colby. Okay, so that, you may be really confused about what's happening right now. But if you have come, I want you to know this is a church family that is drenched with God's grace. All of those who are in Christ, we are a grace drenched community, not a perfect community. And neither was the church of Philippi. And so when Paul speaks to them, let, let Paul and the Lord used Paul's writing here to speak to us today. He, he speaks to them and in the middle of some of their differences and their struggles and some of their sin. And listen to what he says, verse one. He says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, I love how he starts with Jesus, you know. If there's any encouragement that you find in Christ, if there is any comfort that you find from his love, any participation in the spirit. Like he's saying, if you're, if the spirit of God, the same spirit is at work within you, you know, you're encouraged by Jesus. I'm encouraged by Jesus. You know, you're uh, finding comfort from his love. I'm finding comfort from his love. God, the spirit working in me, spirits working in you. He's saying any affection and sympathy. He says, listen, if we can meet there, complete my joy, make me so happy in Jesus by being of the same mind, having the same love and being in full accord and of one mind. Now, now listen, if, if you're new to like thinking this way and saying, okay, we're supposed to come together as one mind, one people unified. If, if that is blowing your mind right now, it should. It should. It should be mind blowing to you that we would be asked to join together like this. Because you know as well as I do, we all have differences of opinions. And what Paul's saying here is not to the church at Philippi, you all gotta have the same opinions on every little thing. What he's saying is, we have something ginormous to connect our lives to together. Namely, Jesus, his kingdom, his gospel, his call in our life. 
It's ginormous. People of all nations, people of all languages, all tribes, all people, all cultures, they all, this is so big, we can connect together. And so like, here's a way that he describes it. I love this, Ephesians chapter four. Fantastic way. He's really saying something very similar that he is here in Philippians 2. He says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. This is very similar to what he says in Philippians chapter one, right before we get to where we just were. Chapter one, verse 27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Very similar language. In Ephesians four, he says, uh, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And listen to what he says, and this helps us understand what it is that we need to make sure that we are unified in, okay? He says, there is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. He said, that's what we're connecting to. That's what we're finding our unity in. I don't know when the last time you were awed by this was. Maybe you haven't. I, I felt like it was so fresh for me the last few days. That Jesus Christ is our head. We are his body. It doesn't matter if you're 90 or if you're 19 in the room. It doesn't matter if you're a millennial or you're a baby boomer. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church or you did not. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, if you got money in the bank or if you don't. It doesn't matter if you got an education or if you have not completed school. It does not matter if you're in Christ, you are part of his body and every single member of his body is important. And there's one head and it's Jesus. Like think of how, like that's crazy. Like, you, like that's his plan. He's the head and he gets people like us to be his body. Like we're the ones that he raises up to, to do his work, to move, to be his hands and feet. Like, like it's us. And it's not just us in this little room. It, it's all over the whole world. People in Christ Jesus, his body, a variety of gifts, a variety of peoples. There's so much diversity in his church and such a variety of gifts. And he needs and uses those gifts to serve this world for his namesake and to build up his church. And I just think it's so awesome that like you can look around, like I do it, like look around in the room, like this is a little bitty room, but look around in it. And like everybody here that's in Christ, you matter in the body. Everybody in this room, you matter to God. Amen. Don't miss that. But in this body, if you're in Christ, like you're a member that matters. Like it's important that in the freedom of your walk with Christ, that you serve one another and build up the body of Christ. Amen. Like he's, we have one head. 
one body, one spirit. All of us who are in Christ, the same Holy Spirit's in each of us. Like some of us don't have the spirit more than others. Like if he's in you, he's in you. You may be more aware, you may have listened, you may be submitting to him more, but, but like he, he's in us. Like some people don't have like a better version of God. Man, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. Guys, we got one hope. It's in Christ, it's in who he is and who we are in him and what he's still to do. Like Jesus lived and died, he rose from the grave victorious over sin and death and he's gonna come back again and make all things new. That's our hope. And it's one hope and we're connected in it. We're believing it together. We have a call, all of us. It doesn't matter how much you're, it, honestly, it doesn't matter how much you're submitting to it right now. Like we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. We may ignore it and we may turn away from it. We may be rebellious in it. We may do it, but we're all called to the same thing. Same commission, same great commandment to love God and love your neighbor as yourself, to make disciples of all nations. Listen, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all. That, that's, that's where we connect. And so Paul's saying, if that makes sense to you, if you're there, if you can connect yourself in that, if we're talking about the same thing, complete my joy, get together. And let's live like the Lord. Let's listen to him and submit to what his call is for our life. And so I want you to join with me there in verse three of chapter two. And we're just gonna, we're just gonna walk down and consider, we wanna think about the mind of Jesus. Don't, don't worry so much about my outline that's in the worship guide. I'm not worrying about it, so don't worry about it, okay? Didn't make, it wasn't as good this morning when I woke up as it was Friday, okay? So just don't, don't, don't worry about that, okay? I don't wanna be distracted from Philippians 2. The Lord tells us this through his word, and this is Paul writing, the Lord speaking through him to us. He says, here's what I want you to do. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. And we're gonna do a lot of focus on church body, church culture. We're gonna talk about as an individual Christian, we're gonna talk about all of these different things. But as we do that, think about like every area of your life. Think about the relationships that you have in your life. If you're a husband or a wife in the room and one of you feels like, you know, nudge the person next to you and be like, you really need to be listening to this, okay? <laughs> like I mean, if, if it's a parent in the room, pluck your kids back of their head and say, you better listen up, okay? Like this, this is a big deal. If a kid in the room might need to pluck your parents and say, you better pay attention right here, okay? Like this is a big deal. It should affect every relationship in our lives. It should affect how we act and we speak to people, certainly within the body. That's primarily what Paul's talking about here. The way we treat each other, the way we speak to each other, the way we consider each other. It also should affect the way we view all people. Think about the life of Christ. And what he says here is do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. This is an area, I really like the way the King James says it. In, uh, instead of the word conceit, he uses the word vainglory. Vainglory. Just think about this. It's like when, when you wanna take life and you wanna make it about you. How damaging that is and destructive that is. 
And, and for me, I, I know I don't want to lose you with examples. I know we're at different people are at different seasons in life. But like for me, like I think about like marriage. And like in the relationship that I have that, you know, that exists in my home. Selfish ambition and vainglory will destroy. Like, I don't know how you thought, if, if you're a parent in the room, I mean, this kind of gets deconstructed at the get-go. You know, because like, you may think that other people exist to just tell you how awesome you are, but you know your kids won't do that, okay? So like, they come out of the womb and they're like, we need you, okay? And you have to, like, they, they don't tell you that you're great. So like, if, if the other was fueling your pride, your kids won't. They come out super needy. And they're bossy and demanding and, and lovely, okay? That's, that's how they are. But, but like it really deconstructs the way that you think. And, and as a pastor, this has honestly been the same for me, just learning to shepherd a body. I, I mean, I, I guess it's possible that somebody could say, I'm gonna make this about me. I get on the stage, okay? I, I don't see how somebody could do that I get to talk to you afterwards. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. It doesn't usually work that way. What I've learned is, is that each of you matter so much to God that you ought to matter so much to me. And God cares about your story. He cares about your life. He knows where you are and that's where he meets you. And I'm learning that I can't think about myself and be considering only myself and pastor you well. And just as a person, if you're able to go into the relationships of your life and say, I'm to do nothing today from selfish ambition. Like the world doesn't, isn't centered around me. It's not about my glory today. I mean, think about the disciples, man. I think about them all the time. They're walking with Jesus. Jesus is like, all right, we're going to Jerusalem. I'm gonna be killed Three days later, I'm gonna raise. And they're like, I'm better than you are. <laughs> I'm the best. No, I'm the best. I walk closer with Christ. I saw him do more miracles. I mean, they're arguing about who the greatest is. Jesus was teaching a totally different thing. That's not how his kingdom works. That's not how his rule and reign. That's not the way he rules and reigns. He doesn't do it that way. He tells the disciples one time, he says, that's not how it's gonna be with you guys. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Don't be self-centered. Don't live and act like only your thoughts and feelings matter in this world. Because here's the beauty. God cares about your feelings and your thoughts. Like that's what's so awesome. Like he really cares. And I wanna care. And the person next to you ought to care but you don't need to think that everything revolves around you because it doesn't. And so when we enter a text like this, it is so, it deconstructs the way that we naturally would live. We're not supposed to just consider ourselves. We're supposed to consider the person next to me is more important than me. Listen, don't act or speak or move in ways because you want to look better or because you think it'll help you get credit or look awesome. Like that, that's just not how, that's what we do though. We naturally fight for position. 
But the rule and reign of Jesus isn't like that. The rule and reign of Jesus is to humble yourself and not be served, but to serve. Jesus said the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's so opposite the way that we naturally think. And that's what the Lord is telling us that we're supposed to treat each other within the body. He's saying we're supposed to consider the person next to you is more significant than you. In your homes, that's how we're supposed to treat the people in our family. To consider them as more important than us. I love what the the next part of the verse, he says, he doesn't just give us negatives, okay? He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but he says, but in humility, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, he says to love one another with a brotherly affection, to outdo one another in showing honor. I love that. I love competition. So I wanna think of it like that way, but in the right way with grace, okay? So like, I wanna be like, I wanna outdo you in loving the people next to you, okay? Like I, I want to consider you as more important than myself. I want to make sure that I am thinking about you like Christ thinks about you because you matter to him, I want you to matter to me. It's just a mindset, it's a culture change. Humble yourselves. He says, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Earlier when I was praying, I I, I used, I said this, I, I said, quote it, God, he opposes He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We're told that God is near the humble. He's close to the humble. And listen, it is fantastic to be theologically correct. So I just wanna let you know that a lot of people think they're theologically correct on open-handed things, okay? But it's good to care about theology. We want you to care about theology. God wants you to care about theology. Study his word, love it, soak it up and live it out. But God doesn't love you more because you read more of his Bible today. Like he's not closer to you. He didn't move closer. Okay, I'm gonna really be close to that person today. You may have leaned into him more. It's not because you can speak his word better or louder. Though speaking his word is wonderful and life-giving. He doesn't love you more because you're more cultured or more socially aware. He doesn't draw closer to you because of that, even though that's a great thing. God's word says he's close to the humble. Those who submit themselves to God and to his word. If I come to his word and I submit to it and I say, Lord, I want to hear from you. I wanna respond like you want me to respond. I wanna have a mind like Jesus Christ has. I wanna think like he thinks and see people like he sees people. That will humble me. And it does. Not to go on some rant, but I have people a good bit of the time telling me stuff like this. I want to go deeper. I wanna go deeper. I want us to really go deep in God's word. Here's what I'm gonna be honest with you about. You wanna go deep, try to forgive somebody. Forgive somebody that hurt you. Love somebody who you don't think deserves it. Befriend somebody who you don't like. 
pray for an enemy. Sacrifice your time for people who annoy you. Be generous when you don't really have it. You wanna go deep, go there. Our theology points us there. It takes us there. And it is messy and it is hard. That's the life that Jesus Christ calls us to. That's his mindset. It's not all the time. We don't go out onto the field with some difficult, the plan itself is, it doesn't seem that difficult. It seems light, but my friends, it is not. It is don't consider your needs first, consider the person next to you. That's not just hard, it's impossible outside of Jesus and his power. It says, but in humility, count others as more significant than yourselves. In the context of the church and in a vision message, one of the things I really believe that we are gonna have to come to the table over, if it's not this year, and it's gonna have to be some this year, but over the next couple of years and really just take a good hard look at who we are and where we gotta go. Cause I don't know if you looked around the room lately, but like people that weren't here a couple years ago, they're here. Some people that were here a couple years ago aren't here anymore. We have a different room, a different people, a, a body that is growing. And it can be very easy to think right now with some of the growth that if you've been here for a while that you don't matter. And I wanna say publicly, I love you. I am so thankful that you are here. I am so thankful that you're part of this body. If you have been here for the long run, know that you are awesome and loved and cared for. And if I have given you any reason to think I didn't wanna hear from you or listen to you, I repent of that. I will sit in front of you. I wanna hear your heart. If you are new here, know this. We want you to be serving fully. We want you to connect. We want you to use your gifts to serve and build up the body here. And for those who aren't here yet, we pray, may God bring them. May we reach them. May we do things we've never done to reach people that we've never reached. May we move into areas that we've never gone because that's where God calls us. Those are the kind of things we need to come to the table and really consider some very difficult questions. And when we do that, we're gonna have to evaluate some of our open-handed thoughts, some of our preferences that we have, and we're gonna have to act out these verses as we deal with our preferences and open hands. We're gonna have to come and say, I can't just think about my own interests. I have to also think about the interests of others. I can't just think about myself. I have to think about the person next to me and that one I've never met. That's how Christ calls us to think and act. It's a culture change. It's very different. Listen to this. I, I was thinking about this this, uh, this this weekend. What if I had no idea? What if I had no idea what church was like? Like zero idea. Never been in the doors of one, never talked to anybody. I had zero inclination of what church is. And all I had was the Bible. That's all I had. I opened it up and I made my way from Genesis to Revelation. Would I be confused in what I see? Like if I had no idea, if I read and I thought, okay, 
I know I'm, we're called to love one another just as he has loved us. In fact, this is how we'll be known as his disciples. We're called to bear one another's burdens. We're called to love God supremely and love our neighbor as ourselves. We're called to make disciples of all nations. We're called to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. We're called to be generous to those in need, to embrace the calling of ministers of reconciliation, to gather, to spur one another to love and good works. And we're called to in freedom serve one another. Those are just a few of what I would find. But are those the things that are killing our hearts? Are those the things that are affecting us at night? Are those the things that we're evaluating church, ministry, and life? Are we looking at that to evaluate what we're doing as a church? And oftentimes I don't think those are the things that you hear as much. You hear what style of music we sing. You hear how we do life groups or how we do Sunday school or what youth ministry or kids ministry is like. You hear things that are all important and good and those are great conversations. I'm just saying, if you had no idea and you just came to God's word, I think you'd be shocked. Church, we need to submit to the word of God and go to the word of God. And from there, from the posture of knowing how he has loved us, knowing how he has served us, knowing who we are in him, going from that to now, Lord, we look to you. We want to, we want to consider you before ourselves. Go from that to the person next to you. Now I want to consider you. I want to consider church and life and everything in light of this. Verse four tells us, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Isn't that good to know? Like the Lord, when he's speaking to us, he's not like, it doesn't matter what you think. That's not, the, that's not God. God doesn't speak to us that way. He doesn't rule and reign like that. He does care. He knows what we think. He loves us and cares for us. And we matter to God. We should matter to each other. Our stories, our thoughts, our interests, they, they should matter to each other. We don't need to fight over them. We need to see the beautiful variety of giftings that God has placed in this body. But I think it's so awesome. Like, like he, he, no, like you can think about your interests. Like I have preferences. I have open hands. I just want to consider yours not just my own. And I want to consider God's above all and see if they're matching up. He says, have this mind among yourselves, great verse, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Y'all, we can have this, we have the same mind in this room. The Lord leads us, like we have one head. Above all, let's, let's listen to him. Let's respect each other and love each other well as Christ has loved us. Amen. We're told in Philippians that this example looks like this. It, it says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God. That, if you're new to church, that, I mean, though he's God, though he's equal to God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, which is so different than Adam 
who though he was not equal with God, he considered equality with God a thing to be grasped. This is Jesus. But made himself nothing. Can you imagine that? The, the king of the universe made himself nothing. And we're supposed to follow that example. Taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. My friends, in light of that, as we look at Christ and how he did something in an ultimate way, we see his example and we're given his power to live in a like way where we humble ourselves and we serve one another, where we humble ourselves to become obedient to the Lord's call to love as he has loved us. No matter what that looks like. It says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord Amen. to the glory of God, the Father. That's our heart. That's what we want to see. I, I want to leave you with a couple, of, actually, we're going to say a few, with a few pictures that I think can help you in response to this text. Okay, you with me? I'm excited. So I don't know what time it is right now. I probably should know. Somebody can yell at me if you want to, but uh, we're working. This is going to be helpful though. You ready? I'll talk quick. The first thing I believe we need to do is consider the roach. <laughs> My dear friend, Carol Barnett, I've, I've, shared, I've shared this with you before. But I remember one time we were talking about attitudes and talking about uh, change and culture and transforming and all these kind of things. Big, big kind of conversations that you can have with Carol Barnett and she can make you laugh while you're doing it. But I remember she said, it, it's just kind of like, it needs to be like a, a roach in the room. A, a roach doesn't belong. And so when you see the roach in the room, you, you do what? You, you get rid of it. And, and what Carol was not saying was that we need to get rid of people, okay? It's like, if we see you and you're like a roach, we'll step on you and kick you out, okay? That's, that's not what she was saying. What she was saying was this, is there are particular attitudes and ways from this text, namely, if you come into this place with selfish ambition or conceit, we need to be able to say that's like a roach. Raid in your face. Okay, let's pray. All right, we need to be able to get rid of it. It doesn't belong. It doesn't belong. It can be like that in your house where you work, that it becomes where, if it's cultural, it'll become where it's like the roach in the room. It's not supposed to be here. And the attitude needs to go. All right, so consider the roach. Second, we need to clean out some closets and we need to tidy up God's house. And I mean, his people, okay? So yesterday, Catherine and I, we uh, decided to tackle some places in our home that we have not possibly ever or in a really long time. And you laugh, but you know what I mean. Don't act like your house is perfect. But we got on Netflix and we watched a little tidying up with Marie Kondo. Spark joy, look at that, they know, okay. So we watched it and here, here's kind of the process here. We decided to tackle our closet. And we have, we've been blessed with a, we have a large closet. 
But in our large closet, it was a large mess, okay? As you go in, we'll just start with clothes. You get out every single article of clothing. You bring it to the middle of the room and you put it there. And y'all, I'm just gonna tell you, we had a lot of clothes, a lot of shoes, a lot of things. We bring that to the middle of the floor and then you go through each individual article of clothing. You hold it in your hand and you consider, do I need this anymore? And if not, she wants you to thank it. And then you get rid of it, okay? Now look, I'll be honest. I was struggling with that part a little bit for numerous reasons. The main reason is because we had a bunch of shirts, okay? And so I just did this. We had collective thank yous. Thank you, t-shirt drawer. Okay, and we got rid of them. But here, here's the thing. Over time, in one afternoon, our closet is clean. And this morning I walked in and it had a spark of joy in my life. I was happy. Okay, here's the thing. Going from that to us and it is hard to get you back. Okay, to keep it, I believe this, that we are going to have to come into God's house, which is his people. It's not a building, okay? We go to the people. We're going to have to do some cleaning of closets. And what that means, there are things that we have left untouched. There are things that we hadn't messed with for a really long time that if we're honest, are still in some joy. And we need to bring it all out into the middle of the floor. We need to sit it and one by one, because they all do matter, we need to go through and we need to be considering whether or not this stays or whether it goes. And there are some things that we will find that will be sin. And when the sin is seen, it's gotta go. We get rid of it, it's gone. There are other things that we're gonna have, and I'm talking about some open hands and some preferences and some different things that we're going to look at. And we're gonna have to say, thank you. At one point, you treated me so well, but today you gotta go. And we're gonna have to decide what stays so that we can walk in the joy that the Lord has for us for the future because there are things that we can get hung on that ultimately aren't gonna matter, that we're gonna get to heaven and God's gonna be like, really? That's what you were worried about? We got a situation where it's every single knee is gonna bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and say he's Lord. We wanna see people come to him as savior and Lord to know him, to bring, uh, to, to find joy in him and to shine bright. And there's gonna be things that we're gonna have to not be as concerned about if we're gonna reach this world. And so I think we can learn some lessons from that tidying up. Number three, gotta look to Jesus and run our race. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. And my friends, each of us has a race and you gotta run your race. You can't worry about how somebody else is running theirs. You run yours. In Alberta Baptist, we have a race to run. 
We can't worry about what somebody else is doing. We have to run our race that he has for us. And the only way to do that is the next part of the verse and is to look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. When we have the joy that's set before us, namely Christ, his kingdom, who he is, what he's done, what he's still to do, that hope will cause us to run fast to get rid of things that bog us down and pull us down and sin, which, is, which clings tightly and instead run the race that he has for us. So look to Jesus and we have to run our race. And lastly, from these texts, the text we've looked at today, let's love well and let's shine bright. In Philippians chapter two, verse 14, He says, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent. Children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. I love this part. Among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Church, we want to be a light to this world around us. And if we love as Christ has loved us, we will shine bright. We will shine bright. If we ask him to give us his heart for people who we don't know yet, we'll shine bright. He is light and he is love and he's our head. So let's join him, church. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Alberta Baptist. I thank you for each person that's here. I thank you for every story in the room, knowing that each of these stories matter to you. But Lord, I thank you for Christ. And I thank you for his story. Lord, that intersects so powerfully with any of ours. Lord, wherever we are today, you you meet us there. Lord, you care about each one that's here. Lord, teach us to as well. Lord, we wanna shine bright. We wanna run our race. Lord, we wanna get rid of anything that sucks away joy. We wanna walk in freedom and life. Lord, I pray any attitude that doesn't belong, that's not like Christ, Lord, that you would remove it. Lord, you're a gracious God. That's how you work. That's what you do. So Lord, bring life in this place. Help us look more like Jesus and serve like Christ and love like Christ. Oh God, make a difference in this world through us. We pray in Jesus' name, the name above all names, amen.